Hey Warriors and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. We are now at episode 129. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> so I do have a couple of prayer requests. One is uh, my friend Magic. They're going to be doing the memorial soon and you know it's going to start getting a little bit hard again you know going through the emotions and family so if you could pray for him and then i have another friend that's in the gaming community um helios his dad just died this last saturday and he and his wife and youngest daughter are going to be traveling today and they're going to be visiting a family and you know that you pray that he just be a light for his family um just you know it's hard and i just ask that you guys just pray for him he is part of our Discord group, so if you guys want to, if you're part of that Discord group, want to just, you know, shout out encouragement or prayer, you could do that. Anyway, so today is actually going to be another one of those you need to really think about. You need to think about stuff. So I've mentioned before, I think maybe four or five episodes ago, maybe a little bit longer, but I talked about He Gets Us organization that has been going around for, I, I want to say since summer time, I'm going to guess. But anyway, yesterday they did do two commercials during the Super Bowl, and I'm sure if you guys were watching the Super Bowl, most likely you were also watching for the commercials. Well, they had two of them. And it has been spurring up conversation because I've kind of noticed groups that we would support like Pure Flicks and even churches and different organizations are promoting, hey, you need to watch this. This is going to be an opportunity for the gospel to be shared amongst millions. And so a lot of Christians started getting behind this, started talking, started getting you know, into conversation, started pointing out and like praising God, but they're not researching behind who they are. One of the problems is that because of the view of all this, they are struggling with the understanding of what is being taught because they're not paying attention to certain things about the video, certain things about the images, the stuff that they're sharing. These videos, they, they come across as very strong, very powerful. Like they have a capability of influencing the heart and mind, like, you know, playing with the heartstrings, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And you're just like, yeah, oh yeah, I know I can agree with this. Yeah, I can get behind this. But see, the thing is, there's a subtleness in what this is being what's being taught basically is a subtleness because they want you to think, yeah, you know what? Jesus would love those I hate. But at the same time, they're also implying because we're human, we're going to hate. Now, if you know your scriptures, you know that Jesus said, if you hate your brother, even in your heart, it's the same as murder. So in other words, they're okay in the fact that it's okay that you hate because Jesus did not, but let's be like him. Okay. Well, then again, are they really saying be like him or are they saying, well, he just understands us. See, there's a subtleness in understanding what is being taught. You see that there's an article that popped up that my friend showed me about and it's a very good article and I'm going to have it on the anchor description. I'm, I'm also going to put it on the Facebook page and group. 
So if you guys are a part of any of that, or if you want to just look it up, you can click on it. But it's someone's review of the whole concept behind. And basically, it's described as the seven problems with the He Gets Me uh, campaign. Or Gets Us campaign, sorry. I'm not going to go through every seven because that would take like a couple hours to go through or more. So the, uh, the idea would be like this would be what I love about this is this would be a very good one. I'm hoping to be able to actually start the other show part that I want to do with a uh, warrior within Christian talk. This would be a very good discussion uh, system and maybe I'll do one later on that. But anyway. The idea behind this article is not, it's not a support of it, but it's to make you think about what is being said. And there's several things that they pointed out that I felt were very, you know, that were very good. And the one thing that you, you got to understand, the idea of doing a campaign or a commercial is not the problem. So the fact that there is a hundred million dollar, probably even more campaign support behind this he got he gets us concept right that's not necessarily the problem now the curiosity is who's behind all this and there's a lot of people who aren't presenting themselves of who they are and there's not church names really saying who they are now there is some like there in the article i believe this is the article that actually shows shows that i can't remember if it was something i read earlier um but the uh, hobby hobby lobby presidents behind so he's put support on this now it doesn't mean you guys go and boycott hobby lobby or start like oh no the thing is what you got to understand is maybe not everybody understands what the motive is behind this because if you actually go to the website it's not very clear now why does this concern us as men well one this is a very this is a group that's very much trying to redesign jesus redesign jesus now i want you to understand if redesigning the image of jesus that's going to affect you and me as men as leaders as spiritual leaders of our home um, part of our church because the influence of this will get into the church we'll also get into the leadership we'll also get into you know how am i preaching am i preaching stuff correctly and this is this is a very strong motivation for deconstructing the faith. Think about it. So, one of the things that was stated in the article that stood out to me is that she points out that there's nothing wrong with campaigning. Now, that's not the problem, right? She states, but the message shared better be accurate, an accurate message about Jesus, lest you're actually leading people away from him in some way. You see, this is what it appears. Okay. And therein lies the problem with he gets us this is in the article. The Jesus of this campaign is nothing more than an inspiring human who relates to our problems and cares a whole lot about the culturally palatable version of social justice, which is what I've pointed out. It's an activist version of Jesus. So that being said, if you go and you look into this article more, the first statement she points out is the fact that Jesus gets us stripped from the context of his identity is meaningless. 
In other words, they are humanizing Jesus. Now hear me out. He, he, they're humanizing Jesus. Do we not remember, you know, I just talked about this not too long ago. What was, why did Jesus have to die? He died because of our sin, correct? Okay. So if we go to Colossians 2, 8 through 12, it states for us clearly something. Well, let me clear about, clarify a couple things. Two first verses, like eight and nine, they're actually verses that I've actually kept to my heart very strongly because it reminds me to think about what people are saying thinking about what people are teaching and make sure it's not capturing you. It's always something that's always come across my mind <clears throat> because people will accept things and not question where the scripture comes from. I'm not saying deconstruct the idea of what is being said, but they go, they don't go and try to study up and understand the concept. And a lot of this reminds me back of when I went back to college in 2008, I believe, or seven, I think it was eight. There was a teaching that I noticed that was being directed. And before we do that, we're going to read the verses. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That's important to understand. He gets us, is telling us he was like an amazing moral human. If you think about it, if you listen to everything, they're taking away his divinity. Okay, I want you to think about that statement as we continue. Verse 10. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. In other words, you were an old creation made or a new creature made new. You put away the old self. Remember we talked about that not too long ago. And you have now been given a new self in Christ. Okay. Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, because we talked about the importance of baptism is the <clears throat> obedient uh, symbolism of you accepting what Christ has done for you because he died for, for you and you accepted that you were a sinner saved by his grace. And now you are showing that you are becoming a follower. Does that make sense? <clears throat> in which you were also raised with him through the faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And because of what he did, because he defeated sin and death, we no longer have to be by the old law of death. Not that we can live forever, but eternal death and damnation and hell. You see, when you start taking away Jesus' divinity, you take away his purpose. You need to understand. This is why it's so important to understand your scriptures, because if you don't, you're going to miss out understanding of this truth. And when those people are trying to make captive of your mind and your heart, they're going to try to pull you away from that truth. 
And you're going to start questioning that truth. You're going to start questioning, you know, well, maybe, you know, I need to be more loving. And that means just accepting everybody where they're at. Even though we're supposed to accept people where they're at with the understanding of change coming. You need to repent. You need to change. You need to follow Christ. You need to do what God's telling you. You need to obey his truth. It's not just accepting you where you're at and therefore you stay where you're at. But hey, we get to worship God together. That's that's not what that means. It's a hope that you, if you are living in sin, you come to church and you're like, I, I want this. I want Jesus. Okay, repent from your sin. Oh, well, you know, that's just me, though. That's my lifestyle. I was born this way. And even though there's some truth in that statement, yes, you were born with sin. So repent of that sin. It doesn't excuse you to keep continuing to sin. It doesn't excuse you to say, yeah, I love Jesus, but hey, I'm still living the way I want. And it doesn't mean that we don't struggle. It doesn't mean that we get, you know, we gain other sins in our life because we become vulnerable to the truth and we allow ourselves to fall entrapment into the sin. But what it means is that you understand that and you you feel guilty of that and you want to repent and you want to change. And so you strive to go in that direction so that you will change. Because the Holy Spirit can work in us to do that. We need to be clear that Jesus did not give up his divinity when he came. Because if you go to Philippians 2, 6 through 8 states who though he was in the form of god did not count equality with god a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross he didn't give up who he was and became a perfect guy he was perfect because he's God. He is holy. Remember, he was tempted by Satan. But he wasn't tempted like a human was tempted because he is God. He didn't deal with life like a human. He dealt it because he obeyed God because he was God. He chose to ask God to take that burden away from him. Why? Because not because he was human and he was scared and he had anxiety. No, it's because did we really deserve having him die on our behalf? The honest truth is no. But yet he took that burden. And yet he took all of our sins on that cross. And he died for us on our behalf. And then rose again to defeat that curse. Do you see how this campaign is trying to describe our God, our King, our Jesus as something other than our Savior? See, this brought my memory back to when I was in college, when I went back to school, I actually originally was going to try to get into psychology because I figured, hey, if I get in psychology, that would open some doors in the secular world. But 
still allow me because I had a lot of biblical training since I was like fifth grade. So I had a lot of biblical knowledge. And so I thought, man, if I just have a regular religious degree or religious studies degree, it wouldn't like, I just feel like I just went to school. Perhaps psychology allows me to, you know, dabble in counseling. But it was really funny because my one of my first classes was the intro, and my professor actually talked to me. I remember her meeting me out just randomly walking on the grounds, and she said to me, she's like, she's like, you have such a mindset that doesn't fit with psychology. And I kind of looked at her, and she goes, I don't think you should not be counseling but I think you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I don't think it is in psychology. She's like, you bring up things in class that no one else that's into psychology really thinks about because you have this biblical view that comes in. And she's like, you need to get where you, where God is telling you to be. And, and I remember sitting there going, no, that, I, I don't know what that means. So I continued I took, I think, I believe four classes and I continued into it. And every time I would go take these psychology classes, there was stuff that just came out that didn't make sense to me. They were telling us to accept these views in psychology just to accept them. And I would actually say to myself, but this isn't fit a biblical view by any means. So how does this work? And I remember one time because they were telling me to accept an evolutional Darwinian view of memory and how it worked. And I asked the professor, I said, I don't understand. How is it that according to Colossians 2 9 we're not supposed to be accepting all this philosophical teaching as truth if it's not biblical? So how is it that we're able to accept that and still say we're following Christ? And instead of a professor, as he should have done, which was, oh, well, here you go. He accused me of attacking his faith and calling him not a Christian. And I sat there dumbfounded because I was like, that's not what I did. I literally was asking a serious question because it was bothering me. And you see... This is the beginning of when everything started clicking, that there is a undermining teaching that is getting taught in Christian schools. Because mind you, this was a Christian school. This is the first time where I sat there and I realized there's something not right. There's something underneath that's getting into the schools. And that was the first day where I said, okay, Lord, if it's not psychology, then what? And that's when Christian ministry popped up as an option. So I went for that and it's starting to be clear why Christian ministry was what he wanted me to learn more because it was kind of like the, I would say the, the skeleton or the, the inners of ministry understanding, which has helped me see when I look at many other ministries and I look at people's ideas and views and listen to when pastors are speaking, there is this kind of a point in my brain that allows me to be able to look at it differently. Some people just look for that feeling good sermon, but I start looking at the scriptural teachings and how it doesn't make sense. So now here I am going, okay, Lord, I'll do this Christian ministry. And I made that choice. But I want you guys to understand 
this he gets us teaching is taking that away. It's that underlining issue that's getting into the churches. I want you to understand that there's big groups that are putting money into this, pumping this, trying to redefine our savior. They're trying to create something out of nothing for a design that's not necessarily true. Because you remember I told you about the emergent church. The emergent church already was pushing this in the 2000s. <coughs> and now we're coming into 2023 and 22, because that's when it started, this big, big push for this movement. And now we got to sit here and take a step back as men and say, are, are, are we paying attention? Are we noticing this change? Is it in my church? Are my kids believing this stuff? It's in the music too. You got to be careful what you're listening to. Even though I do believe music can be redeemed, there's still a teaching because the teaching of the pastor is influencing the teaching of the music. Just because it says Christian doesn't necessarily mean it's Bible truth. This movement is not done yesterday. This movement is going to continue pushing. These commercials are still going to continue to be popping up. It's going to be on billboards in cities. It's going to be taught in churches. It's going to be talked about by pastors. It's going to be taught in Sunday school classes. It's going to be taught in your kids' Sunday school classes. Videos are going to start being popping up inside youth groups. This isn't going away, guys. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to go to the next part of this message. What I want you guys to think about and I'll see you right after. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, Warriors, welcome back to Second Half. And we've been talking about the He Gets Us campaign. <clears throat> and the article that I'm going to be putting for you guys to be able to read is going to be is kind of where I'm getting some of my thought process because they did an excellent job of taking what's in my head and actually writing out really well. But I'm giving you my my perspective as well. So one of the other parts <clears throat> in the seven points that she points out is number three. I think I either have a cold or allergies are really bad today. I haven't figured it out because my wife isn't feeling good if you want to pray for her, too. But it's really affecting me, too. Um, anyway, number three, the campaign <clears throat> reinforces the problematic idea that Jesus followers have Jesus all wrong. I want you guys to understand that. They are trying to basically say that anybody who's not joining onto this campaign hasn't figured out Jesus really. That they have been keeping this form of Jesus secret. 
it states in the article what they are stating. I want you to understand what they are saying about people who aren't just jumping onto this view. It says, but in today's culture, there's a popular notion that Jesus was the embodiment of love and all things warm and fuzzy, whereas his followers who talk about judgment, sin, objective morality, <clears throat> the author of, this, of scripture, and so on, are hopelessly odds with what he taught. This is the writer saying what they're saying about us that want to believe the truth. You see, they also say that this, the guy, John Lee, who is basically the chief architect for this states this, our goal is to give voice to the pent up energy of like-minded Jesus followers, those who are in the pews and the ones that aren't, who are ready to proclaim the name of Jesus from those who abuse it to judge, harm, and divide people. See, a lot of the first part sounds great. You're like, yes. But then he points out the name of Jesus, those who abuse it to judge. So in other words, us talking about sin being a problem, like certain sins, divorce, stealing, lying, lifestyles, anything that would so-called divide us, they're harming people. Think about that. The gospel message. Jesus died for our sins. Repent. Baptize because you want to be a follower. And go tell others. That that's that's the gospel message. What what's wrong with this view is saying that is toxic and harmful. Catching on yet? You see, the image is also, and, and this is number four, the campaign reinforces the culture wants to believe about Jesus while leaving out what culture doesn't want to believe. This is like these two kind of connect with each other really well, because the idea is that if we are teaching or telling people that they're sinners, we're hurting them. But we're also creating division in the church because we need to just talk about the you know, lovey-dovey Jesus. You know, Jesus loved everyone. He loved them where they were at. He, he, he loved them for who they were. Well, Jesus did sit with the tax collectors and sinners, right? Remember that part in the story? But did he do it because he accepted them where they were? Or did he do it because he had something to tell them? Because if you guys have forgotten, what was Matthew before he was a follower of Christ? He was a tax collector. And if you know the story, anything about tax collectors in the Roman world, in, especially in Israel, they collected taxes... But they also would take a little extra. They would also take make money off of, of people and say, well, I won't tax you as bad if you give dues every, every week. And of course, the Romans were probably using them to extort and get their way out of things too. You know who else was a tax collector? Who changed, repented of his sin? <clears throat> Zacchaeus, the wee little man. 
Do you guys remember that story? He got climbed up the tree because he wanted to see Jesus. Jesus told him, come down. And he said, well, what is it? And he goes, we're going to your house today. Zacchaeus repented for what he was doing as a tax collector and gave money back to the people he stole. See, that's why Jesus accept them for where they were so that he can tell them for what he is doing, his purpose. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one else comes before the Father except through me. And yet, this campaign is teaching us an activist version of Christ. That he is out there to, um, what's the word, change or try to get us to see it, like to be like him. But that means being where you're at. I mean, number five talks about the campaign characterizes the so-called culture war in terms of secular social justice rather than underlining worldview differences. It states on this on this article. She points out this. It says, on, on a page titled, Jesus was fed up with politics, too. It says, Jesus lived in the middle of a culture war. And though the political systems were different, and then she puts in parentheses, not exactly a representative democracy, the greed, hypocrisy, and op oppression, different, and oppression, different oppression, different groups used to get their way were very similar. The page, like many others on the site, has hashtags, hashtag activists, hashtag justice, hashtag real life. For those familiar with critical theory and how it roots secular social justice ideas, this pretty clear statement of the mindset from which he gets us is coming from. So you need to understand the image that they're trying to create is one that we don't understand that you and I who are willing to say that the scriptures are true, that the gospel message is Jesus died for my sins. I must change. I must repent and I want to follow him. So I get baptized. Let people know that I am a Christian. Got it all wrong. That's what the man wants you to think Jesus is. That's what the white Jesus wants. That's the other thing I've heard. The real Jesus was an activist. He was out there fighting for the brokenhearted. He was fighting to change people's lives, to stop the hate, to fight for the oppressed. And you know what's funny? Those words are used correctly for what they're being used for the wrong theology. He did fight for the oppressed sinners because we were going to go to hell. He did fight for the brokenhearted because they're broken because of the curse of sin. And all they could see is their sin. And he wanted to say, you don't have to live like that. Repent. He did fight for those that felt rejected. He said, 
repent for I am the only way to God follow me make disciples tell others what I have done do you see how corrupted the view is becoming Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1, says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked. We've used this verse before. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. We need to understand that they are teaching not the Jesus of the Bible. And you can argue with me if you like, you want, you can... Say, no, but look, they're talking about hate and we're not supposed to hate. And I can tell you, yes, we're not supposed to hate because hating is a sin. But Jesus died for that. And those people that we saw in the video hating each other need Jesus as their savior. And they need to repent and they need to change. And they need to know that by hating, it is wrong but it's through the gospel message that we'll see change. Not us fighting for the activists. Not us standing out there in picket lines trying to support the oppressed. They're not oppressed. They're lost. And they need to know that Jesus is there for them. And even if they are mistreated by people, which I have myself been mistreated by people, we need to forgive and pray for our enemies and pray for those that hate us. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing what the problem is? They're leaving out parts. Because they know they'll pull in certain people and they know they'll pull in Christians because the Christians hear the word, it's a Christian campaign. And so they think, hallelujah, great. Jesus will spread the word. Look at this. This will be the way. No. If you're sitting here waiting for somebody to do something for somebody to be a voice for Jesus, you're supposed to be that voice. You're supposed to be living out your life like the scriptures tell you to. Living out your life as salt and light for him. You're supposed to be the one sharing the gospel message to other people. You want to see change? We shouldn't be worrying about this. He gets us campaign to do it for us. We're supposed to be that. And yet we're sitting in our seats, going to church, giving our tithe and living our life. We're not telling the broken, hey, you know, Jesus loves you, right? Go, oh, no. And you could take the scriptures and show them. 
share your testimony. It's not the pastor's job to be telling people about Jesus. It's yours and it's the pastor's. If they're not training you to go tell people about Jesus, then they're not training you. And you bringing them to church is not the answer. Go study the scriptures. Go spend time in prayer. Seek out opportunities. Ask God, hey, is there someone you need me to go talk to about Jesus? And can you bring them into my life somehow? It's okay to ask that. You see, this campaign is taking away the image of Christ's purpose in the Christian gospel message. It's not about what Jesus did as our savior. It's about, hey, he's human just like us. Because that was the song used in he, he loves those that we hate. Don't blame me. I'm just human. There's something wrong with that statement. You are for blame. You are a sinner. You are lost. You are the mankind of disobedience. The worldly view. The one that is following his own desires. Repent. 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 Turn from your sins. Seek out Jesus, asking him to show you how to walk upright. Be with other men who are also doing the same thing to keep each other accountable and to encourage each other. You know that the more time you spend with people who are doing what you're supposed to be doing, the more you would want to change, the more desire you'll have to see yourself be more like Christ. See, when they humanize Jesus, they're basically saying that we can be there. We can make it. We can be like him. When I'm saying be like Christ, meaning he is holy, he is godly, he is following the truth. And the truth is his words that he taught to his disciples as in Acts 2.42-43 states, they taught and studied what the, te the, the disciples taught. They prayed together. They served together. They fellowshiped together. Those are the four pillars of Echo Life Ministries that my wife and I are starting. Those are the important parts because when you have all four of them, you'll see change. You'll see God change in that community of people. You'll see that impact the community they're a part of. And it will be in awe of God. Many times we're not doing all of that. We think fellowship is, oh, having that potluck after church. But we never talk to anybody from really in church that often throughout the week. I, like I said, one of my best memories was my New York church that I was a part of and how they had a Bible study. But man, I was friends with the families in that Bible study. We were all connected. We helped and encouraged each other. And I remember, and I was only like eight and nine. And I remember how close those families were to my family. And I've never seen that since never seen it since people who would call me brother 
don't treat me like that. They didn't invite me and my wife to Thanksgiving. They didn't really try to connect with my wife and I. And that's for the past 10 years. So I can say a very small few people who did. And that is not what we're supposed to be like. And this is not what this campaign is teaching. It's not teaching us the gospel message. It's not teaching us that we are supposed to be with each other because we're supposed to edify one another, be in unison in our faith. No, they're teaching us to break down that old thinking because it doesn't work. They've been teaching you a hidden Jesus. They haven't been teaching the hidden part of Jesus, and we have the answer. We're supposed to be these people that are running around fighting for injustice, fighting for social justice, fighting for the oppressed. No, we're supposed to be teaching about the gospel message because all that can change if you're telling all those people, hey, this is what Jesus did for you. And we'll see a change because they will change because they become a new creature in Christ, new creation in Christ. They, they will become believers who follow Jesus because they know their scriptures. They spend time in prayer. They're finding ways to edify themselves and grow into more of what Christ wants them to be. I know this is a little bit different, but it was just something that's been in my heart and something that my wife and I have talked about a lot and other people have been talking about, and I'm sure you might be having friends that are talking about it, family members, church members, whatever it may be, but you need to understand the importance of the gospel message. If you can destroy our belt of truth, the foundations by which our armor is held together and deconstruct that, change it, going to affect all the other parts of the armor. That's why that, that whole series in the armor is very vital to understanding how it's all connected. Our truth, our foundation is the basis of our faith. And I know even because like even groups like folks and family is starting to steer towards this direction <coughs> of progressive thinking. I know the Ventures and Odyssey, there was a series on uh, like the truth project concept. And if you could find that series, it's actually some good stories in there. Good for the kids. Good for you guys as adults too. And I remember there was the one where it talks about how the perception of truth can be distorted when it's just enough information to make you think one way without actually studying the understanding of truth. And that's how easy it is to influence people to change their mindset about who Jesus is because they don't study and they hear this and they feel it because they have their struggles and their hurts. And so they see this activist Jesus who would fight for me. Instead of running to the gospel message, they're running for that agenda. Don't lose sight of the truth that's in scripture. 
This is a very important episode for you and I as men, but even the women that are listening, and anybody who listens, understand your faith is built upon the gospel message of who Christ is, and he came to die for us because of our sin, period. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you use this for your glory. I pray that hearts would be clear and not be blinded by this mask or disguise that's trying to create a new Jesus, Lord. Don't let us fall for it. Help us to pay attention, to be weary, and to always ask you to clarify things. I pray, Lord, that this will be a time where people will really open up their eyes and understand the gospel message of what you did by sending your son on our behalf. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody have a blessed week. I will see you next time.